Welcome to Ancient Tools for Modern Living, a podcast dedicated to promoting the use of ancient spiritual and contemplative practices to restore a sense of wholeness, vitality, and connection to our humanity while meeting the challenges of modern-day living. The information presented in this podcast is not a substitute for treatment from a licensed healthcare provider. And now, here's your host, Zipporah Gerson-Miller, licensed psychotherapist and certified yoga therapist. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Ancient Tools for Modern Living. I am your host, Sipora Gerson-Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a certified yoga therapist working and living in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a mother. I am a wife. I am a lover of spirituality and nature and the arts. And I am so deeply inspired by um, human stories and stories of transformation and ancient practices um, such as yoga and meditation. So uh, first, I want to extend my deepest gratitude to each and every one of you for tuning in today and taking the time to listen. Um, Your support means the world to me uh, because creating this podcast has really been an extension of my heart and an expression of my soul. I feel so deeply privileged and thrilled to be able to celebrate the work of so many experts, leaders, thinkers, and pioneers in the fields of yoga therapy, spiritual literacy and healthcare, contemplative psychology, and just really general integrative holistic health. So I like to think of this podcast more of a celebration of everything that makes us human and how we are all just finding our way through the messiness and chaos of modern day living by um, honoring the wisdom of ancient traditions that hold so much light and promise in the face of darkness. So in this first episode, it is my goal to give you an idea of what to expect as this podcast journey unfolds, um, what kinds of guests I'll be bringing on the show, and what kinds of topics uh, we will be exploring. So Ancient Tools for Modern Living is a platform dedicated to promoting the integration of ancient teachings and practices rooted in yoga, meditation, spirituality, and other contemplative traditions. And the reason I feel like this is such an important topic to um, explore is that I've seen so many people in addition to myself feel um, report feeling more enlivened they regain a sense of wholeness and vitality and inner essence and they just feel much more capable of meeting the challenges of their modern of modern day living um, these challenges that we're all subject to in contemporary society so we're really gonna dive in deep and examine how ancient wisdom that's drawn from contemplative traditions really helps us to enhance the fields of human health, well-being, and service in our community while honoring the human spirit and the power of transformation. So it's really my hope that through inspirational and educational conversations, we can really help ourselves and others lean towards more embodied living, connect more deeply to spirit, access inner wisdom, and cultivate healthier lifestyles to create sustainable change both on the individual and community level. 
So I think it's important to share the birth story of this podcast. I am very interested in birth stories and I, you know, it's going to involve getting a little personal and hopefully not too tangential. I do promise you a point. I, I just want you to know where I'm coming from and that there is a real human being behind this microphone and sharing stories is really at the forefront of healing and I encourage you all to share your stories um, in whatever way that that feels uh, right for you. So I can only speak for myself and but my own journey of healing and continued path of health and well-being is a path of what I consider to be the modern day yogi. I adopted a yogic based lifestyle in order to repair my heart, my mind, my body, and my soul. So I'm a human being who has lived with profound self-doubt and paralyzing anxiety for most of my life. So of course, when I had the idea to start this podcast, the automatic thought that arose was, please, that's never going to work. So Part of my healing has been to cultivate awareness and distance from those kinds of habitual thought patterns that always end up leading to some kind of self-sabotaging behavior. And it took me a while really to understand how that worked. And yoga teaches that when we release attachment to the outcome of an action, we are actively changing our karmic patterns, which opens the space for our dharma to unfold. So that's why that lesson was so important in that moment that I immediately wanted to, you know, self-sabotage this podcast. So just to give you a little background about me, I come from an artistic background. I started dancing when I was three years old, and I never left the studio. Um, I I majored in dance and theater in college, and I went on to have about a 10-year career as a professional dancer and theater artist. And even though I got to travel the world, and I have tons of fond memories and a treasure trove full of experiences and lifelong friendships. I left that career because I realized that I just wasn't thriving. In fact, I was really far from thriving. For a long time, I struggled with feelings of perpetual inner emptiness. I tried to fill the emptiness with food and alcohol. I had days where I felt completely disconnected from everything, including my own identity. Sometimes it felt like every single nerve in my body was exposed. Little things could easily trigger really intense reactions, and I had no tools to self-soothe, which led to even more turmoil, which included impulsive and self-destructive behavior, which included binge drinking, overspending, and binge eating. I often felt very guilty and ashamed, and my emotions would shift very quickly. Most of the relationships that I was in were really intense and unstable, and when I felt insecure, I would act out or I would lash out because of that fear of abandonment. So all of this was going on inside, but in the meantime, I presented myself as this theatrical glamour queen who really rocked it on stage, and this was a very painful and vicious cycle. The message I had been told as a child was that I had a volatile temper and could become explosively angry and full of rage. 
In fact, my kindergarten teacher actually described me as an instigator on my report card. And now I'm able to step back and see the landscape of my life on the other side. And I can see now how that anger became internalized and morphed into self-hatred, which led to the self-destructive behavior. Now, in 2004, I really hit an all-time low. I was severely depressed, and just by chance, I decided to try a yoga class in my town. Someone suggested it to me for relaxation. And just as addicts will remember the first time using, I will always remember my first yoga class. It really was the gateway drug in the sense that it was the first step in connecting back to my true self while cultivating that awareness that I needed to start making changes. It gave me an hour of respite from my negative internal dialogue and allowed me to actually feel my body again. And even though I had been a dancer, we, th- we like to think that dancers are um, so connected to their bodies, but in reality, dancers can be very disconnected from their bodies. And, and that's my own personal experience. I can't speak for everyone, but I was really profoundly disconnected from it. And yoga really helped me to find that, that connection again. So all of that is to say that the good news is that the use of yoga and other ancient wisdom traditions are being woven into the modern healthcare system quite regularly these days. Merging the teachings of ancient wisdom traditions can completely revolutionize and transform the way we deliver care to others. Ancient practitioners, such as the ancient yogis, they wanted to find liberation and enlightenment in even the most deplorable and atrocious social and or personal circumstances. We live in a culture that loves to identify problems so that we can assign external blame rather than really see our aversion to the fear that creates a false sense of strength, power, and individuality. Profit-driven companies, they market to our vulnerabilities, convincing us that their products will erase our fear or abandonment issues or rejection issues because of our essential humanity, which is imperfect by nature. Yoga teaches us that everything we need to weather the energetic storms of life is already inside of us. Tantra means to weave. Tantra Hatha Yoga is a lens with which we can see how the body and the breath contain energetic qualities in response to various circumstances. It can show us how our relationships to others in the world is a product of our habitual conditioning. And it isn't until we can create distance between ourselves and our thoughts, our beliefs, even down to our perceptions, that we can actually begin to make changes on a cellular level that will lead us back to the true sense of self. And I'm talking about the big self, the self with the capital S, the self that is that innocent child that still lives inside of all of us. So as I sit here now speaking to you, I really see the bigger picture. I don't see myself as having failed in an earlier career, but more as a part of the path I needed to travel to get to where I am now, which feels so much more aligned with my higher purpose. So we need to change the way we relate to the stories that our minds create. 
I can see how I am repurposing my skills of, of artistic creation, concept, and production to create the show. I understand how I needed to gain those skills so that I could use them to live more aligned with my purpose and to be able to show up for myself and all of you every day with grace, compassion, authenticity, and self-acceptance. So in a sense, that's a really long-winded way to say that this podcast was really my solution to living in a modern world full of modern challenges. It's really an effort to share an abundance of teachings that I have been so privileged to receive. So as I as I previously said, I am a licensed psychotherapist and a certified yoga therapist serving those in Atlanta and the metro Atlanta area. My practice is holistically focused and I specialize in using integrative yoga therapy, somatic psychotherapy, and contemplative-based um, psychotherapy such as mindfulness and meditation to help those who struggle primarily with intense mood swings, impulsive self-destructive behavior, and um, an inability to tolerate distress. And in that same realm, I often see a lot of people who have suffered intense trauma in childhood, and as a result of that, they struggle with addiction, chronic pain, and getting their needs met in interpersonal relationships. And I treat all of this using a yoga therapy model, which is so beautiful because it sees each person as whole and full of strengths and inner resources. The physical, emotional, psychological, mental, and spiritual layers of a person are addressed and the treatment will follow each person's unique constitution of layers. Our quality of life is not dependent upon our circumstances, and our external reality is very much a reflection of our internal belief system. And what I love so much about contemplative practice is that it provides us with this empowering wisdom that's steeped in in really rich Eastern tradition that are, are practical and accessible even for the busiest Western mind. One of my beloved yoga teachers, Yoganan Michael Carroll, who is the dean um, up at Kripalu in Massachusetts, said that yoga is the antidote for modern urban living because we can use the elements of the traditional practice to create a hybrid model that will calm the mind, reduce stress, accept life on life's terms, create relationships centered upon compassion, and reconnect with what cultivates meaning and purpose. Now, we're not renunciants. Renunci- we um, we don't live in caves and we don't sit um, and meditate for 10 hours a day. I mean, you, you can by all means live that lifestyle if you want to move to an ashram, but most of us um, have to live in um, an urban environment and we have, we have responsibilities and we have families to take care of and jobs that we have to show up for. So that's why um, we create this, this hybrid model. And as I work with patients and, and clients, I see that most people come to therapy with the goal of either reducing anxiety, resolving past trauma, um, accepting change or unfavorable life circumstances. They want to cultivate healthier interpersonal relationships um, or alleviate the suffering that's caused by some existential crisis. And I uh, I really believe that, that yoga therapy can meet all of those challenges and needs. Now, again, I I just want to put this disclaimer out there that this doesn't mean that you should stop seeing your primary care physician or just completely stop taking your medication. 
I think that we have to find a balance. And I think that um, we have to find a way to work with all of our providers, our healthcare providers, in a way that feels balanced and is, is actually going to get to the root cause of the problem. So don't stop taking medications. If you're taking medications, please always consult with your primary care physician before doing anything like that. Um, so now I have to get on a little bit of a soap dish because, I mean, a soap box, soap dish, a soap box. I have to get on a little bit of a soap box here. We are a very problem-oriented culture, and I know a lot of you listeners are aware of that. Um, and so because of that, I want us to engage in dialogue that focuses on viable solutions. And I really want everyone to acknowledge and honor their unique strengths and inner resources that they bring to the table. And we as a culture, we're so busy fixing, analyzing, thinking, doing, going, planning. We are almost always focused on where we're going next versus what we are doing in the present moment. We live in a society that values consumption and production over compassion, stillness, and ethics of care for one another and the earth. So the next time you go to a public place, I just want you to look around and observe the amount of people who are glued to their phones and their screens. I actually am probably one of those people as well. So we are missing out on the sacred gift of present moment awareness because our modern day addiction is to the internet. And please don't misunderstand me. The internet is also an immense asset. It's what allows me to advertise my services and share this podcast with the world. It allows us to find so much information and connect with so many people, but it also leads to a trance-like state. And what I mean by trance-like state, I mean being disconnected from our bodies and our breath and our feelings, um, especially when when our feelings are unpleasant. So the internet, it, you know, it provides respite for a few hours, just like any substance will. It, it has a numbing effect, but then the pain or discomfort returns. It resurfaces. And the problem is not depression or anxiety. It's not so much the aversion to those feelings, but it's, it's sometimes the fact that we get caught in trying to push those feelings away. So in a sense, it is the aversion that is the problem. We, we have lost the ability to regulate our nervous systems, and stress has become a chronic condition responsible for several really major chronic health conditions, um, such as diabetes and hypertension. So I'm getting ready to drop some statistics here because I think they're really important, especially for um, research and evidence-based practice. So here we go. According to the National Association of Mental Health, or NAMI, as many of you know it, one in five adults or 43.8 million adults experience a mental illness in a given year. And one in 25 or 9.8 million experience a mental illness that seriously impairs and limits their functioning. And I'm sure many of you know somebody who's who lives with a mental health challenge. And so you have direct personal experience with that. And according to the National Center for Health Statistics, they report that 76.2 million people in the U.S. suffer with a chronic pain condition that lasts more than 24 hours. Now, as a mental health professional, I know that where there is physical pain, there is almost always psychological pain um, as well and vice versa. 
But we also know that almost a third of the U.S. population uses some form of alternative and complementary medicine. For example, the number of adults practicing yoga has doubled since 2002, and the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Medicine estimates that 31 million American adults are practicing some form of yoga, according to a study in 2016. So that is really promising. That um, leads me to believe that it's becoming more and more mainstream. And contemplative-based practice, it, it provides such a radical perspective in that the answers and solutions are already inside of us. And we don't give ourselves enough credit sometimes that we really have so much wisdom and embodied knowledge that's already inside of us. We just have to, we have to tap into that and we have to access those inner resources. So This podcast is also a call to action, just to cultivate awareness in your everyday life and an awareness that everything we need is already inside of us. So I did not come to this realization on my own. In fact, like I said, my journey began 13 years ago when I struggled with anxiety and depression and alcohol abuse and disordered eating. And I came to my first yoga class believing that I was broken and that maybe I could try this as a last resort before I started on the Prozac prescription that I was given by my primary care provider. And I entered a dimly lit room that was really warm and inviting and peaceful. And my nervous system immediately responded to the environment. And it's really hard to describe how at home I felt. And at this point, I was hooked. And throughout the years that followed, I had the opportunity to study with some amazing teachers. Now, they didn't fix me. They facilitated a process that empowered me to discover the tools that I needed to heal myself. And I was also not healed in a day. But that was the day um, that a portal opened up for me and allowed me to cross the threshold that put me on a path of self-awareness and reunion with my inner divinity. And yoga actually means union. It, it, it's a union between a higher spiritual source, whatever that is for you, and your true authentic self. And I am not completely healed. I am not speaking to you as this model of perfect health. I continue to struggle. I continue to continue to meet my demons on a daily basis. I just have more awareness now um, of how my thoughts interact with my feelings and sensations and perceptions. And I really owe that to my yoga practice. So one of my goals, again, for this podcast was to provide a space in which we could um, dive into deep conversations and arrive at a clearer understanding of how these practices are being utilized and applied by providers to help reduce the suffering associated with modern day challenges. So then I had a thought that many of the challenges that are associated with the human condition are not really exclusively assigned to modern day generations. And in fact, the struggles of grief and stress and loss and social oppression and trauma have been causing humans to suffer for thousands of years. I just think that the complexities of civilization today have since evolved and created much more estrangement from the things that make us human, such as our feelings, our need for relationships, our need for connection, sleep, time in nature, healthy food, and physical movement. 
So the trials and tribulations of our modern day civilization, um, they are creating a whole new host of challenges that prey on our fears and discourage us from connecting to our emotions and acknowledging our weaknesses. So really, Ancient Tools for Modern Living, it's it's a blueprint for change. It... Um, It's a blueprint for changing ourselves while continuing to change the oppressive social structures and and social constructs while acknowledging how fear and shame can be silencing. And the wisdom inherent in Eastern-based traditions um, are really helping us to reconnect to our lost sense of humanity. And I'm just overjoyed at the fact that so many um, clinical providers are referring patients to um, these practices across the healthcare spectrum. So it's my hope that we can unpack and answer some of the questions that arise for some of you um, if you are entertaining the idea of seeking out um, complementary practices for various conditions so that you can be more informed of how these practices can be of service to you. I'm really hoping to bring on um, some more you know, researchers and spiritual leaders, and of course, those who have found, you know, profound healing in contemplative practices and have found them to be affirming and transformative for themselves. Um, And I think it's also important to to maybe explore some of more of the spiritual and scientific dimensions that are present here as well. So, um, Just as we wrap up, um, I'd like to thank my editor extraordinaire, Mark Miller, my husband, my best friend, my soulmate, my love, my accountability buddy. Um, I'd like to thank him for his just continuous support. Um, He is also the editor of the podcast, so he is the one. He is the man behind the um, dials and stuff. He's the one who makes sure that these podcasts uh, episodes are um, decent listening quality before they go out into the ether uh, across the airwaves. So um, if you liked what you heard today, you can um, go on to iTunes and you can show us some love by either subscribing or leaving us a review. It really helps people to find the podcast. And uh, you can visit my website at Inner Sky Therapeutics. So that's www.innerskytherapeutics.com. And if you sign up for my email list, you will get immediate access to a book. It is called um, Yogic Approaches to Managing Stress. So it is a wonderful resource and you will have immediate access to that. So I would also ask you to consider joining our Facebook group, Ancient Tools for Modern Living. It is an online community where we will continue the discussion and people can ask questions. We can connect with one another um, and just, you know, if people need to access resources, but it's really a space to just continue conversing, dialoguing, and connecting. So before we, um, before I go, I would like to leave you with a quote from one of my, um, you know, teachers in spirit, Swami Kripalu. I really see him as the, as the mothership of um, Pranakriya Yoga. Um, so here is some of his, um, his writings on love. Every living being is a stream of love. 
Let us allow someone to taste our love and let us taste someone else's love. Love flowing in another's life is the source of our happiness and love flowing in our own life is the source of another's happiness. Thus, the key to your heart lies hidden in the heart of another. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Continue to share your love, your light, and your peace with all that you meet. Namaste.